You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. time. I like things the way I like them. I, I, I don't like to deviate much from the way I, I like things. And Layla was telling me in the, uh, in the, the lobby, she said, you used to drive me crazy. Uh, but now I'm thankful that you used to drive me crazy. I'm like, yeah. And I said, I, I like the things the way I like them because it keeps me from, from going crazy. Uh, and, and structure is, is a big deal to me because I don't like to just get somewhere and go, well, let's just figure it out. Okay. I, I'm not one of those people that's spur of the moment on a whim. I'm like, can we have a plan? This is killing me here, okay? <laughs> so I, I've had to learn with God that sometimes it's not always as planned out as I would like things to be. And one thing I definitely tell young people is if you ever want to figure out how selfish you truly are, just get married, Okay. You, you never understand, as a young person, you're like, how can you fight over toilet paper? How can you fight over where you squeeze the, to- the toothpaste? How, would, how could you fight over someone's hair being on the counter of the bathroom? How could you fight over things? Just wait. It'll, you'll walk in and you'll see, you'll see hair long hair on the, on the shower and you're like, it just, everything inside you just wells up. You're like, ah, and it ultimately doesn't matter, right? You could just grab the hair and throw it in the trash, but it matters. Why? Because we're selfish. At the core of it all, we're very, very, very selfish beings. We are. We want what we want. We want how we want, how we want it. And we want it how we like it. That's how McDonald's and Burger King have made such a such, such a niche in the industry, they have it your way. It appeals to us. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do the This Is How We Do It series is to understand first and foremost, when you pray like God wants you to pray, the first two weeks have nothing to do with you. If you were here last week, we talked about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We praise the Lord. It was a good time. And I'm here to tell you, if you missed it, you missed it. It was a good time. Hopefully, we'll praise the Lord a little bit like that today, but we'll see. But this morning, it's still not about you at all. So if you have your Bibles, grab, go to Matthew chapter 6. That's where we're going to be today. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry about it. Um, you can go to your Google Play or Apple App Store, and you can download the Church Center app. Just search Church Center. There'll be a short setup, and then you can go get my sermon notes there. Also, the announcements, what is going on, is there in the announcements. There's a couple things going on today, so make sure you check that out so you do not miss it. One thing I want you to know is this 10 o'clock service will not exist next week. If you show up at 10, you'll be showing up towards the end of the 9 o'clock service, okay? So next week, starting next week, we have two services. How many services? And they start at 9 and 11. What time do they start? So you get to choose which one, whether you get to come to church a little bit early or you get to come to church a little bit later. It is completely up to you. We have the same service. Everybody always asks me, do you do three different services? They're exactly the same. 
Uh, we work hard to make sure the same. We work hard to make sure you get the same amount of ministry in all of the services. So just don't show up at 10 o'clock. If you can, you can catch the end of the 9 o'clock and the beginning of the 11, okay? So make sure you get that this week. And if you're on our text our text line, if you want to get on that, you can. It's 97,000. Text first-timer to 97,000. We send out reminders about that as well. So let's get into it. Matthew chapter six, I'm gonna start in verse nine, read last week, and then we'll get into it. It says, pray like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Number verse 10, that's this week. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are asking God to establish his will and purpose in many personal and corporate areas of our lives. Did you know that God wants us to pray for more than what's just going on in our lives. He wants us to have a mindset on the greater things that are going on in this world. So the title of my message today, if you're keeping keeping notes, taking notes, is how do we develop a kingdom mindset? Today is develop a kingdom mindset. And last week I had seven points. This week I have four, and I did finish early in the first service, so don't stress. I think we're gonna get through it just fine. Number one. The kingdom is eternal. The kingdom is eternal. Daniel chapter two, starting in verse 21, it says, he changes times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So I wanna keep it here real quick. Daniel 22, 21, look at it, it says, he removes kings and he sets up kings. Okay, so in your context, it was, it's, he removes presidents and sets up presidents. So let's understand this. God's kingdom will last forever. This nation will not. Do you realize how many nations have happened since Daniel wrote this? In fact, the, the prevailing government at the time of Jesus was the Roman government. And now all you can see of the Roman government, you can go see the ruins of the Colosseum and all the things of the Roman government, but they're not there anymore. Why? Because they were evil, wicked nation. Guys, many of us put our hopes in the donkey or an elephant, but the only thing that is going to save us is the lamb. You may put your hopes in a donkey or an elephant. I put my hopes in the lamb. Because here's the thing. Whoever's the president right now, God put him there, whether we like it or not. And you know what? The next president, guess who's going to put them there? And I have to say them because it could be he or she. You never know. Who's going to put them there? God. And the one after that, God. And the one after that, God. But guys, many of us are spending so much time Kneeling at the flag when we should be kneeling at the cross. This nation will cease to exist one day. Now, I, I hope it doesn't in my lifetime because I enjoy the freedoms that I have of being American. I, I've, I've been over the world. I've, I've seen what other people have. But ultimately, my hope is in the kingdom of God. You know, and many people ask me, well, pastor, why is it that you don't preach on this issue or preach on that issue or, or preach on this issue. The reason I don't preach on issues is because I don't need the government to tell me morally what I believe. 
everything that I believe can be found in the pages of this scripture. I don't need a legislation. I don't need the Supreme Court. I don't need anybody to tell me what to or how to believe. It doesn't change the way I believe, no matter what they say. And so guys, it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So developing a kingdom mindset. Number one, you gotta understand first and foremost, the kingdom is eternal. Number two, we need to pray for revival. Pray for revival. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Guys, our world needs Jesus now more than ever before. But here's the problem. More than ever before, the people are not coming into these doors. You know what we need to do? We have to take Jesus to the streets. We have to take Jesus to the people. Because listen, this isn't comfortable for them. This isn't normal for them. This is not something they're going to walk in and feel comfortable with. And so you have to go out, befriend them, bring Jesus to them, and bring them into this place. Guys, we've got to stop waiting on God to send revival if we're unwilling to do the work that he's called us to do. The work that God has called us to do is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Notice it wasn't go, therefore, and sit in your air-conditioning church building and feel good about yourself and do what feels great for you and then if you were fulfilled spiritually then go do what you called me to do no it doesn't say that right it says what go now quit waiting the kingdom of god is near guys if you're worried about the end times coming you should go tell people about jesus because then they're going to go to hell if you don't tell them Ooh, man (sighs) (laughs) gotta breathe gotta remember to breathe okay but here's the thing You know what the most effective outreach thing we've ever done at Hope Church was? Ever. At the movies. Now, was it successful? Because pastor came out with a really fancy lightsaber that he borrowed from Robert? Maybe. Was it successful because the staff sweated their booties off at a sandlot and I passed out and almost died? No. Well, maybe. Maybe a little bit. Was it successful because we put up movie posters all around the, the, no. You know why it was successful? Because you brought your friends. And you know what I had to entice you to bring your friends? A Disney trip. And you know what? We'll do it again this year. But one day, wouldn't it be awesome if I didn't have to entice you with a Disney trip and you just brought your friends? Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, we're gonna do it again this year. We have decided this year we're not gonna do Disney we're going to do Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> it's, it's not as far to drive, and you can get more bang for your buck. It's going to be awesome. So this week, start in, or this time, start inviting your friends. But who knows? You can invite them before that, and then you get more friends, right? But guys, the reason at the movies was so popular, so we had so much fun with it, is because you were going out, you were excited about Jesus, telling your friends about them and bringing them in here, and they got saved. 47 people got saved during At The Movies. That's the biggest harvest we've ever seen as a church. You know what? I have full faith that we'll see that again with At The Movies in in the fall. But guys, the most effective evangelism tool in this church is not standing on this stage. It's sitting in those seats out there. 
Most of my friends are saved. I, pay for, I pray for Pastor Grant every Sunday that he'll finally get saved. <laughs> but he's my coworker. I see him and Pastor Zoe the most. You know, and I think Zoe's saved. We'll, we'll see. But guys, you go to work. You have people all around you that don't know Jesus. So if we want to cry out and say, Lord, send revival. Why would he send revival when we're not doing what he's asked us to do? We make church all about us and all about how we feel when we're not bringing people in. That gets me my third point. First, we've got to, the kingdom is eternal. Number two, we've got to pray for revival. And number three, you've got to pray for your church. Pray for your church. Guys, one of the greatest things the devil can do is to divide the church. And guys, this is nothing new. In fact, you see in Paul's church to Ephesus in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Paul is talking about this. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We read that again. Bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. Guys, like I said earlier, the church is under attack more than it ever has been before. And our response is we fight with one another about it. All you got to do is turn on the Disney Plus streaming app and you can see exposés of churches. Now, I'm not trying to, to hide the things of what other people are doing. But guys, if you're looking to find something wrong with any church, you will find it. You know why? Because the church is full of imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God. And so if all you want to do is find flaws with us, the church, whatever, you're going to find them. But I hope that you understand that you have flaws as well. And we love you and we accept you for your flaws. Can you love and accept us for our flaws? But guys, Paul is saying to us, do everything you can to build up unity in the church. Guys, I will do everything I can to fight for the unity of this body because the number one thing the devil can do, the number one thing Satan wants to do is he doesn't come in and he doesn't do something that, that we can all see, oh, the devil's working. What does he do? He gets us to fight amongst ourselves. And when we fight against each other, what happens? We turn against each other, the church splits, then we're not as effective. Guys, if, if the devil can pick off the body piece by piece, then we're not as effective. Guys, look at it this way. The Bible talks about your body, the, the body of Christ being like your body. If I knocked your, your right arm off, do you think you would be as effective? No, because I'm right-handed. <laughs> but here's how the devil works. He doesn't just lop off your whole right arm first. He takes your finger. Then he takes another finger. Then he takes a whole hand. And before you realize what he's doing, he's already lopped off half of your arm. And guys, so we have to do whatever we can to fight for unity within the church. That's a church as a whole. That's within Hope Church. That's within your family. Because the number one thing the devil can do to your family is bring disunity amongst yourselves. And guys, the body talks about, or the Bible talks about a house divided. A house divided can never stand. And so guys, I, I hope you see that I as your pastor care about unity. I've always said, my door's always open. Anytime you wanna come talk to me, I'll be the first to apologize. I'll be the first to say, hey, I messed up, even if I was right. 
Because it doesn't matter if I was right. What matters is unity amongst the body. My opinion doesn't matter, but unity in this body matters to me first and foremost and above all things. So number one, the kingdom is eternal. Number two, pray for revival. Number three, pray for your church. And number four, this one's gonna hurt the most. And you're like, pastor, really? This one's gonna hurt the most? Just stick with me. That God would accomplish his will, not ours. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added to you. What if we first sought to see God's will instead of our own? I think many a times we blame God for our problems. I think many times we say, well, the Lord told me to do this. Now, he didn't. You told him that you were gonna do this and you're just blaming it on him. Let me put it to you this way. My kids sometimes try to affect my will. One thing we love to do is we love to go out and hunt on our land there in Rising Star. It's south of Cisco. If you don't know where that is, Google it. You'll find it real easy. But on the way home, we come I-20. Then we hit uh, I-20 at 281. And if, you'll know, if you know anything about I-20 and 281, there's a fancy new restaurant there. It's called Texas Roadhouse. Any Texas Roadhouse fans in the house? Glory to God. I know you're hungry. I apologize for that. Uh, but one thing Noah will always do, we're on I-20, we're, we're, we're getting close. You can tell, he can tell we're getting close to Weatherford. He goes, Dad, doesn't the steak sound good? <laughs> like, oh yeah, bud, steak always sounds good. We'll drive down the road two minutes later. He'll goes, you know, Dad, you know what I want? I want a hot yeast roll with cinnamon butter. <laughs> Wouldn't that sound amazing, Right? I'm like, son, we're not going to Texas Roadhouse. Okay, dad. Well, I, I mean, I would be okay with it if that's what you wanted to do, right? <laughs> right? And, and wouldn't, we all, wouldn't we all love that if we could afford to eat Texas Roadhouse every day, right? Wouldn't we love that, right? But we can't. We can't afford Texas Roadhouse every day. Why? Because I'm a preacher. I, you know, I, you may be able to afford it. I don't know. But oftentimes... We impose our will on Jesus. Guys, if I did all the time what my heart told me to do, if I did all the time what my emotions told me to do, I'd make a lot of mistakes. Because let's face it, I got a temper and I'm a hothead sometimes. You can, you can, I'm the first to tell you that. I know there's other people in this room that, that do, that are as well. But I know if I react, I will make a mistake. Sometimes I've learned, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fix it guy. I love to fix it, 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 fix it. I need to fix it, fix it now, right? But I've learned if I fix it quick, sometimes I fix it wrong. Sometimes I need to step back, give the Lord a couple days to straighten out what's wrong in my heart, and then I can actually have the conversation that I needed to have to begin with. But guys, if you, if, you, if you follow your heart, sometimes it'll lead you astray. Because we are imperfect people. Our will is not always aligned with God's. 
what I want you to hear today is it's not my kingdom come, my will be done. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And what I can guarantee you with the, thir- the 10 years I've been your pastor is God will never call you to do something that's comfortable for you. He won't. He loves to stretch you. He loves to grow you. And sometimes he loves to make you get along with people that you don't always get along with. You know why? Because it grows you and makes you better. They probably don't even know that, you drive, that they drive you crazy, but it makes you better. That was for somebody today. So what does this mean for us? When you're quiet, I know you're thinking. Number one, is your faith in his kingdom? Is your faith in his kingdom? Guys, I don't want you to get me wrong. I love America. I don't want to see America go down in flames. That's not my hope. But I know if I study history, that kingdom, that nations rise and fall, but the kingdom of God will reign forever. I do know that. And so I can't put my hope in man. I have to put my hope in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Because whoever the next president's gonna be, God knows, and God's got it. Whoever the one is after that, God knows, and God has it. If God chooses to lower the gas prices, God knows, and God has it. Can we take a moment to pray about that, though? I mean... (laughs) Somebody joked in the first service, just give out, just give out gas cards for at the movies and people will come. <laughs> like, That's a great idea. I don't know why I think about that. But the kingdoms, earthly kingdoms rise and fall. But the eternal kingdom will reign forever. Number two, do you pray for the church and the furthering of the kingdom? Guys, the church needs your prayers now more than it ever needed it before. You know, I was doing some research for another talk that I've been asked to give in the summer. And it was, I ran across a stat from the Barna Group. If you don't know the Barna Group, the Barna Group is one of the front runners in church research. Now, all research can be flawed because sometimes people tell you what what they want you to hear. Um, But one thing that they did say is if things hold serve, it looks like in the coming years, about 30% of the churches that we have now will close. Now, it seems like an extreme number, but I'm here to tell you, it might be even worse than that. Because when things get tough, what's the first thing we stop doing? We stop giving to the church. When things get tough, what's the first thing we stop doing? We stop coming to church because it's inconvenient to get up early on a Sunday morning. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I don't, I don't want to get up early. This is the earliest I have to get up. When I'm playing in the worship team, the worship team has to be here at 7. And even when we jump back to 9 o'clock services, they still have to be here at 7.30. I'm not an early person. I will be texting you at 1 a.m. Because that's when I have my best ideas. But churches are receiving less funding less people. 
Guys, there's people, there's people that I love and care for dearly and will still talk to out on the streets that have not darkened these doors in the last two and a half years from the pandemic. And I know most churches have suffered with that. Praise God that we are back to pre-pandemic numbers. But think about this. Think about if you had worked so hard to, to accomplish something and then one event knocked all of that away and it took you two and a half years to get back to where you were. Would that be frustrating? That's the church right now. The church needs you now more than it ever has before. And I'm talking Big C Church, church universally, but Hope Church, we need you now more than ever too. Now's the time to rise up and be here. Number three, are you allowing God a say in your life? Are you allowing God to have a say in your life or are you on I-20 headed towards Weatherford with God going, you know what? steak would really be good today. And I'm with Noah. A steak would be good every day. But that might be putting me in a lot of credit card debt. But what I want to encourage you today is God brought you here to this place for this time to hear this exact message. Where have you gone wrong? What have you done wrong? 